Hey, uh, welcome back to the Sound for Years podcast. I'm your host, Phil Beavers. I hope you guys had a good week and a good weekend. Did not drop last Friday again. Might change it to just Mondays. We'll see. Maybe we'll get a bonus episode on Friday. Who knows? It's all, you know, figuring it out as we go. All right, this is, you get to be part of the experience of watching this whole thing grow. That is one of the perks of being one of the early listeners if you're listening to it at this point, which is episode six. Episode sex, more like it. (laughs) Oh my God, I did that. So, you guys get to hear me click, click, clicking on the fucking computer. Um... So welcome back. I had an interesting week. I've been working like a motherfucker. I tell you what, bro. I've been cranking it, grinding it, schminding it, ranking it. I just kind of, I didn't know what else to do besides rhyme with grind and cranking it. Um, because I, because in my mind, I said cranking it. And by the time I got to grinding it, I was like, cranking it means that I'm jerking off. And that I might be, that's none of your business, first off, but I may be. But I don't need to be telling you that. It also has nothing to do with the hustle and the, the you know, getting the bag or whatever. So I got distracted. And then I was like, what do I do now? I'm like, you know, I, I broke the improv flow in my brain. And then it kind of just turned out to be like, what's the best option here? It sounds like the best option is going to be, what did I say? Schminding and schminding it, ranking it. It wasn't great. Okay. I, I'm not happy with it. So I'm going to need, you know, I'm already my own biggest critic i don't need you to be part of that okay which i guess is something you really gotta like be you know if you're someone who likes advice and you're someone who likes other people telling you what to do (laughs) i I mean that's just how i view it but you know i'm not i don't know whatever there's no point in going into that but i mean so let's get into my weird ass topics that i've been uh thinking about for the last couple of days uh my big one is if anyone who's listening is not like crazy into internet culture or just like maybe is a little bit older, um, you may not know about the existence of what's called Rule 34 on the internet. Um, rule 34 is basically this rule that if there's like a fictional character or even not just a fictional character too, it's like if there's any character or person and you can think of like usually fictional things. This is what it applies to, especially like if it's on the internet. Um, rule 34 is basically a rule that says if it exists, there's porn of it. So if you think about it and you're like, I wonder if someone's made porn. Yeah, just don't even finish the sentence. Just look up name or show or whatever it is that you're thinking about. Even if it's like two people's names. Like, you know, like uh, let's use fucking fairy odd parents. Which is, let's not use a kid's show. Let me think of another one. Uh, I guess I could go with like Rick and Morty. You know, like Beth and Jerry rule 34. You can see porn of them fucking. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you would do. You would do, you know, um, Unity, Rick Sanchez. Oh, God, that's a real deep cut. If you don't watch, you're not going to understand what I'm saying. But which suck. Speaking of Rick and Morty, damn it, Justin. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, it's not even it's always like weird guys i just feel like i'm so nervous now when people start to get big or like when they start to get a lot of attention and be in the spotlight a lot i'm i get so nervous now about it because 
like take for example Pedro Pascal, right? I am terrified that soon there will be stories about him that come out. Um, and you know, like I don't want people to be hurt and I don't want people to be like victims of like assault or, you know, like any kind of harassment sexually or verbally, whatever, any kind of domestic abuse. I don't, I don't want people to be that. I also don't want people that are, you know, good in entertainment to constantly be abusers or predators. Like, damn dude. No one like up there can keep their fucking hands to themselves. I just, it's a crazy thing to me, but you know, that's stuff that I think about. Um, you know, that's just like things that I think about. I don't know if you guys think about that, kind of but, but yeah, one of the people I've been thinking about recently has been Petro Pascal. I love seeing him going up and with the last of us and Mandalorian and, uh, all the different things that he does. that are so, so good. And, um, he seems like a really nice, genuine guy. You know, he seems like he he he's funny and that he's nice and cool to be around or whatever. But yeah. Um. But speaking of Rule Thirty Four, uh, I I started watching a video earlier this week of like old commercials. Cause sometimes, you know, like you, you get into like a feeling or like you see something on the internet and you're like, Holy shit. I remember that. I fucking remember that thing. And you start fucking, um, you, you start thinking about, man, what are the other things that I remember from that time? And what are the things that not like influenced me, but uh, I don't know. I started watching old commercials, um, from like the early two thousands. And one of the things that I saw that I was like, oh shit, one of those oh shit moments of like, I remember that it like opened up a whole bunch of stuff because I remember the hamburger helper glove. I think his name is like Lefty or something like that. Um, and he, dude, terrifying mascot, by the way, like a somewhat anthropomorphic glove. So like, it's kind of the same thing of like a, a puppet, you know what I mean? That's like really meta. We are like, oh, it knows the pup or whatever, like, how does the bone structure work? Is he still just like a hollow glove or is it like, cause, cause one of the things I, I saw and I was like, he doesn't have the consistency of a glove. He's, he's one of, you know, cause he's an animated character in the early two thousands. And so, you know, the, uh, uh FX gener uh, generators or whatever, the computers and hardware, whatever, couldn't handle like crazy, crazy, um, graphics and shit. So they couldn't get into super detail. So they kind of gave him this like, rounded out Mario Odyssey, Mario Galaxy kind of like skin texture. And that's terrifying because like, what if you grabbed that? But like, what is it just like skin? Does he feel like skin or like some kind of like ballistic gel material? Like what does he, anyways, it started making me think about it. And then I got like a weird, really weird thought. And you know, maybe I don't need to share this, but this is my podcast and you're listening. You decided to do this. Dude. Now you have to listen to this. It made me start thinking about like, I want to take him and like fill him up with lotion and I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do. So don't get nasty. I just want to slowly dip my hand into him with the lotion. Cause I bet, cause here's my thing. These are the, these are the, like a, uh, in a math equation of the givens, this is like the, th the assumptions of the physics of him, right? So if he feels like skin and he is technically alive, then that means he's got, you know, probably some kind of like central nervous system 
if he's hollow and he doesn't have bones or like a body inside of him, he's like a snake where there's no bones. It's just like muscles and shit like that mostly um, and cartilage. Then, you know, you could, he would, he would, you know, central nervous system means blood. Um, not, I guess not necessarily, but he's got probably got blood in him because he's, it seems like he's a warm blooded creature because if he's a glove, he's going to have to be in like a little cabinet or drawer or something like that. So he's going to have to, you know, deal with not being, he's also inside all the time. So he can't get warmth from the sun unless there's some kind of sun lamp in your fucking cabinets, which if that's happening, you're either a psycho, give him more space because he's a creature. He needs space. He can't just like go into fucking hibernation mode every two seconds. Like, you know, when you're done with him, done taking the cookie sheet out of the goddamn oven. Okay. Um, Sorry, mom, for the GDA. I know you don't like those. Whatever. Um, And so so I'm I'm, I'm sitting here being like, so he's got to be warm. If he's got blood and he's warm-blooded so that he can actually be inside all the time and still survive, then he's going to be warm. So if I put lotion in there, give it a couple minutes, it's going to warm up lotion. You know what I mean? So it's going to be like this it's gonna kind of feel like i feel like what primordial fluid like feels like you know what i mean where you hear about like the uh beginning essence of life and like what that was like this like you know almost gelatinous kind of fluid um so i think it'll be warm and then the other thing is he talks in some of the commercials so i want to hear his reaction is it going to be bad is it going to be good you know is there like a constriction you know, like if I stick my hand in, am I going to feel pressure coming down on me? Or is it just kind of like open and he exists with this pocket in him where you can stick your hand? So those are the kind of things I think about sometimes late at night. Um, <clears throat> but that was one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to like. Also, my other thing is like, if it's is it going to pleasure him? You know, is he going to like it? Is he going to hate it? Maybe if it hurts a little bit, does he still like it? Because he is a glove. He And also, like, he technically has a purpose. So maybe he would want to, like, escape that feeling so he wouldn't like being used as a glove because he is one. Or maybe he likes that because he's like, this is my purpose. This is what I got to do. So maybe he is like, yeah, put, like, put put me on. You know what I mean? And, I, and my other thing is I don't want to just stick, like, my dry hand in there. That's why the lotion's in there. And I don't want to do lube because then I'm going to fucking drop him. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like with lotion, I have a little bit more grip with with the, like, uh, like you know, semi-solid viscosity that lotion is. It's not as, obviously, lube is a lubricant. So it's going to be more slippy, slippy, slippery to kind of handle, especially if it's a skin you know, it makes things slippery. It makes things harder to grip, especially skin and like a great organic material, which is what I'm assuming he is. If we're looking at what we're given in those rounded out edges and like, you know, he only creases when he like bends and everything like so he's he I feel like he has to be skin. That's my take on it, at least. Uh, but yeah, the hamburger helper guy I thought was really funny. Um, to the like kind of like. What's it called? I forgot what I was going to say. Stick my hand in with lotion. So, yeah, that was pretty cool when I thought about that. It was like a couple days ago when I was thinking about that. But going back to Rule 34, I think it's crazy. Like, it has, like, Rule 34 has been so crazy. And it's a, I think it's a phenomenon in, in like, sociology that some companies, like, video game companies, because of this and, like, what, I guess they just don't think about it, like, Let's take this game called Overwatch, for example, right? There's a character called D.Va. 
D.VA. Um, and this character, when it was originally created, was supposed to be like 14 or 15. She's like a like a teenager who loves to game. And her, you know, it, her character has this mech suit that she like basically plays like a video game. And like she's just supposed to be like an innocent teen who is also a hero. And like that's why you can, you know, play her in this game where it's like hero based characters and whatever. Um, but because of Rule 34, people made child porn out of it or what I'm going to keep referring to as CP. So if you hear me say CP, I'm talking about child porn, unless I specifically say otherwise. Um, so because of this CP that's being made, um, they had to change the lore and like history of her character to make her, I think, 18 or 19. Like, you know, enough age where she's still young enough to be considered like, you know, a gamer kid, something like that. But because her character in the lore, it's like there's a whole thing about her being one of the youngest characters human characters based in the game um but i think it's interesting how throughout history because you can look back at like the kama sutra that's a whole book that's basically porn there's fucking drawings in there that's that's cartoon porn you know what i mean that's illustrated pornography and i always think that it's i mean and it probably comes from the whole like you know instinctual uh, behavior and nature of sex with humans um and being able to kind of represent that um, I guess to tell a story, I don't exactly know what maybe it was used back in like the, you know, like caveman or like, you know, Neolithic periods. I think I said that right. Um, man, that, now I'm thinking about like, what was the purpose of it originally? Because if it's just to like get yourself horny, that seems weird to me to be, I mean, I guess like with society and religions, you have this like abstinence kind of thing that's always been happening. So maybe that's what it's from is to like, if you can't actually touch someone, but you need to relieve yourself or release, you know, these sexual urges and everything, maybe then like even back then with like Assyrian and like, you know, Babylonian culture and even, you know, even way before then too, um, Macedonian, I think, I don't, I actually don't know which one of these fucking civilizations comes first and if you do know please email me or message me um by the way follow me on instagram i'll do a little plug follow me on instagram at mophead records or you can also email me at phil at bay1entertainment.com phil at bay1entertainment.com b-a-y-o-n-e bay1 um anyways if you do know please let me know i would i would honestly love to know about it and like know if i'm because i know i'm obviously probably not close i know that they were like civilizations that lasted for you know, tens of hundreds, not tens of hundreds, but like tens or hundreds of years. Um, but pornography in human culture is really interesting because of the existence of these deities and like, you know, poly monotheistic uh, cultures and followings and belief systems that have not only like helped shape culture, but helped save, shape civilizations, entire civilizations that base their you know, like general morals around one religion or one belief system. And um, if that comes all the time with abstinence, I think it's a very interesting thing of like throughout time, the idea of like being better than your primal self is to abstain from sexual relations, even though it could not be more like, you know what I mean? Like if there's a creation of nature by like, a god or multiple gods or whatever then wouldn't it necessarily mean that sex is also part of that creation you know and like 
you know, so that's what makes me think like, okay, is this now becoming like part of the oppression system that some religions become or still are, wink, wink, where you're doing abstinence to basically control these feelings that would maybe uh, result in an uprising or rebellious natures or revolting natures against this power structure that's been put in place. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, that's a very interesting thing to me now that I'm thinking about it is like, does abstinence in belief and in like this faith based discipline come from the oppressive nature that often comes with organized religions? That's an interesting thought now. I would like, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research on it and see, honestly, because that part of theology is really interesting to me of what it does to the rest of culture, not necessarily like following a belief system that like appeals to me, but the actual historical, um, chronological like roots to then see like their impact on not only their own society, but societies around them with they interact with and like those relations, because, you know, most wars are started over some kind of moral basis that comes from a religious thing, you know, or some kind of uh, power system that has these beliefs, whatever. War has always been kind of the same thing, but often within the last, you know, couple thousand years, it's really been about religious based things or heavy belief systems, I guess. Um, and, and, you know, where does porn fit in that? Because we all know that when soldiers are deployed, they have sexual urges and you often find people in cultures that have been invaded or cultures that, you know, clash with each other at a physical level. You often see now the gene pool there. There's, you know, foreign genetics coming into the gene pool of that area, whether consensual or not. Then that is, you know, not something that we have control over necessarily, except for the people who actually commit those acts. Um, but regardless, you do see it come into these cultures after some kind of invasion through warfare. Um, and you see it a lot with like Vikings or like Mongolians. Like there was some crazy thing I saw where it's just like most people these days, especially if you live in the Asiatic area and regions and stuff like that, um, that like you have a, you have a much larger chance of being, partially related to uh, uh, Genghis Khan or one of the Khans, the great Khans, um, you have a much greater chance of being related than you do not have. Like it's like, it's like over 50% that you probably have some kind of thing in there that comes all the way back from the Mongols because they were all over the place. You know what I mean? Same thing with like uh, a lot of people, um, not a lot, but like there's, I remember that being a thing in the uh, African, like the black community in America of like a lot of people were doing 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all this stuff and being like, I'm distantly related to um, not Andrew Jackson, but Thomas Jefferson. And you're like, yikes. <laughs> Jesus. Which is like, you know, you can clearly tell where that comes from, especially with like the reputation that Jefferson carries with him throughout American history especially his portion. Um, but like I said, sex is always somewhere involved in that um, because of these natural sexual urges or you know, the power system that comes from invading and conquering and stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> and so pornography has, you know, kind of always existed, uh, you know, throughout recorded history, as far as I've seen and 
read about and you know looked at um i look at ancient porn. i like vintage porn like even before the 80s before the 40s like i want only hand-drawn or hand-sculpted titties around me okay if i'm gonna look at porn it needs to be one of one it needs to be handmade all right i'm i'm farm to table pornography you know straight from source organic all of that i'm with that you know people are like i want uh what is it called sustainable furniture i want sustainable clothing and sustainable fashion nah i'm all about sustainable pornography it's either happening in front of me like i go that's why you know i go i go to the farmers market for porn the, the porners market the farm i guess the fuckers market is kind of the best way to put that the farmers or the fuckers market um <laughs> And I, I like to I like to get mine because uh, I know a couple of the the farms. You know what I mean. The, Fox doesn't work there. I guess it's just like, anyways, that bit doesn't go crazy far from there of just like farm to table porn. Um, but yeah, so like old pornography, I think is interesting. I remember I have a story that um, there was a you know, speaking of religions, um, there was a church retreat that I went on one time to Colorado. Um, shout out to, oh my God, what is it called? Memorial Methodist? MDUMC? Shout out to MDUMC. I forgot what you, Methodist? No. Memorial United Methodist Church. M MD, MD. Memorial Drive. MDUMC, United Methodist Church, whatever. <laughs> I can look it up, and I'm not. I'm not going to. And I bet anyone who listens to this who did go to MDUMC is pissed the fuck off at me right now. <laughs> Just like saying like M M D and Memorial. Shout out to MDUMC. Um, <clears throat> and I went on this uh, church retreat out to Colorado, uh, and this was at like the end of high school, I think, or like. You know, I was going to New York pretty soon. I knew it was going to be one of the last times I saw a lot of these people. And I was like with this group. So I was like, all right, I'll go on this. And also it's Colorado. It's my favorite state. If you didn't know, Colorado is my favorite state, not just because of weed, but because I'm a mountain guy. I love to hike. I love to go and be in nature. Like if I, I know I live in concrete jungle right now in fucking New York City. So it's a little hard to go out in nature and do that kind of shit. But uh, I was like, if we're going to Colorado, I might as well go. I love that place. So we go out there. <clears throat> um, damn, dude. Sorry. Chest hurts. So we go out there. And while we're out there, we're technically on someone else's land, like someone's like farm. And there's like these like massive plots of land around, the, you know, these properties that people have. And they're like in the mountains. It's like clearly very nice. And this lady kind of like owns part of the mountain that she's on, which is crazy that you can fucking own a mountain. Anyways, um which is also the history of Manhattan, just by the way, if you didn't know. Um, that's why Manhattan was so cheap that, like, you know, the Native Americans sold the land, technically, of Manhattan uh, to the uh, pilgrims because the idea of owning land was not, like, a thing that in their culture. So they were like, you want to buy land? You want to buy the sky, too, kind of thing? Like, um, And also Manhattan means, like, I think it's called, like, crazy white people or something like that uh, in the regional native uh language that was in that area i don't remember exactly what tribe it was but anyways so there's these massive plots of land um and 
there's like one of them nearby. We would go on these like walks, like the group and everyone would go on these walks. And one of the properties was like abandoned straight up. Like there was no one in it. All the cars were there. It was like half finished or something like that. And I, I honestly, it makes me think before I get into who I think it was, we go over there and we're like exploring and we're like interesting. Like they left a bunch of shit behind. Like they, they were like mid construction and they were gone. Whoever was, you know, maybe they lost funding. Maybe they lost whatever, you know, motivation. I don't know what happened or maybe someone died. Who knows? But they like left a bunch of stuff. And one of the things they left was cannabis plants, like a whole garden of it. And like what was clearly, it was like this little like, yurt almost like a hut like a a rounded out half spherical hut that they left half finished the ground was fine but there was like stairs that were going to go down to the under part but what was interesting in there was there was a bunch of grow lights um and at this point in like my smoking career I was like like two years into two or three years into my smoking career of like smoking weed and so I knew kind of some of the brands of these grow lights and what they looked like because I was like, oh, what if I moved it to Colorado and like I could grow my own weed because I'm finally out of my parents' house, yo. Um, and when I saw these lights, I was like, oh, shit, these are grow lights. Like they were doing, you know, cannabis stuff here. Um, and then obviously the cannabis cannabis plants that were like pre-blooming, uh, basically, which like sucked because like if, if they had honestly like kept up with them for another like maybe like three weeks they would have gotten a really nice bloom from them. But what they, they regardless, they weren't cured or anything. So you couldn't really go straight to smoking. I What I had to do, so what I did was I walked up and I was like, also like, we're on a church trip. So I don't even get to go out to a dispensary. I'm also not 21 yet. So I can't even go into the Colorado dispensary, no matter if I wanted to or not. And thankfully, well, also later in that trip, a couple of friends of mine, I realized had their fakes on them. So we had them go in and then we ended up getting busted. <laughs> for this whole thing because I took some of the weed and started drying it out and I had my grinder and pipe but I had no weed left and I wanted to you know I had a few friends on at that trip who I wanted to smoke with and who you know I would go off and hit the last amount of weed that I had left and then I would come back and be like hi you know super baked because I was only a couple years in so it really didn't take that much still to get me going because I was still in high school I didn't have a job I wasn't you know I got money here and there from different things and when like a couple of my friends like, dude, I want to smoke with you. Like, well, so I, we found this cannabis plant. I cut some off and I started curing it a little bit. I like found a spot. I hung it up and like, let it dry out in the air. No one, no one, none of the, uh, you know, adults and chaperones or whatever, like saw it or anyone else really from the camp, except for the few people who I took out there, because on this property, you could just kind of walk out into wilderness, you know? And so you'd walk, I would walk out maybe not like a quarter mile, but like probably like a fifth of a mile out there like I would walk for like a good 10 minutes and no not 10 it was probably like six or seven there we go six or seven minutes out there it was a somewhat long walk because I wanted to make sure none of them were going to see it and so when I would be gone I would be gone for like you know 15 minutes at a time because it's like six or seven out there I get like two or three minutes to kind of like rush a bowl or two in and then come in you know hide in and come back so we're doing that and when I was harvesting, I would go back there a couple of times because I wanted to keep getting more and more, but I didn't, you know, want to walk out there with a bag and then like come back with like a bag that stunk a bunch of weed. So I could only grab a little bit at a time because I only had a little bit of a, a smaller airtight container that I was keeping the weed in. Um, and when I would go over, like I think it was the second or third time, 
I went back into this like half finished uh, grow room, grow kind of like den thing that they were building. And when I went in there, I was like looking around and stuff. I see toolboxes and I like open up the hatch that was like going to go down to this room. And like right there is a box full of like porn magazines and like books and specifically this giant book that was like an old version of the the Kama Sutra. And I was like, who the fuck are the people living here? And at this point, I'm like, okay, they have porn in the Kama Sutra, so they're somewhat intelligent. Not intelligent, but like, you know, well-read to get the Kama Sutra to even know what that is. Like, you either come from that culture or a culture around where that was created, and or you just like are a sex deviant and you're like somewhat intellectual because you like, you know, are seeking out a Kama Sutra book, which is like tantric sex stuff. You know what I mean? Like very spiritual and also secular kind of meshing and balancing with a partner or multiple partner, whatever, or yourself or whatever. Um, so I'm like, so it, what made me think, I was like, are these like relatives or like children of cartel leader? Like it was so much weed that they had in this garden. And it was also like, a big ass fucking grow room that was going to be there. I'm talking like it was probably like 10 foot in diameter. So I'm about like 20, you know, uh, uh, no, not diameter, sorry, in radius. So I guess 20, 25 feet in diameter, which like you can get a lot of crops in there. And I'm not saying that would be their main crop type, but it's like you're paying for a lot of weed. There's no way you're just keeping all of that for yourself it would go to waste you know what i mean like you can't because one plant if you take care of it can yield up to like one pound of weed and if you know what a pound looks like bro you have like if you're doing it must have been 20 bigger than 25 it was probably close to like 40 or 50 feet in diameter honestly it was so big it was one of those things was so big that you're like how the fuck were they getting they would need an assistant or like a technician to run this whole thing and like a manager for it. Like it was like you could fit a fucking office, like a small little like shop in here. It was, it was insane. And so if you have that big of a, of a, of a facility for this, you're probably doing, you know, let's say you give each plant four, four feet, right? Four feet of space across by four feet. So you're talking if it's 40 feet, in you know diameter ah fuck i don't even know how much you could fit in there you could probably fit like i don't know 20 plants at least so you're talking about 20 pounds you're talking about like more way more than federal level for like distributing because that's immediately what they're going to think you're doing you get that much fucking weed they're going to be like you're you're buying stuff or you're selling it to people in wholesale because like a harvest you could probably get a good harvest done in about four months Depending on when you, you know, the climate of where you are, the soil that you have, the, you know, the, the time and effort, how much sunlight do they get? What kind of like air do they have? You know, what, what plant is it? There's a whole bunch of different factors. Anyone who knows herbology or any kind of like gardening and has a green thumb, they, you know, it, it takes time, you know, and there's so many different very, you know, variables and factors. That's why you get all these strains. It's why you get all these different farming techniques and everything like that. So anyways, not to go on my agricultural soapbox um but they, yeah i mean they had a fucking comma so i was like i don't know who lives here but so i found the Kama sutra um 
I don't think I ended up taking it because it would be hard to justify having it. Because there's either two ways that you can really explain it, right? That I'm thinking of right now. You can either explain it by being like, I brought it with me and it's my own book. Or you say, I found it at the abandoned you know, property that they explicitly told us not to go to. So either way, I'm snitching on myself and I'm not a self snitch. You know, I'm not a dry snitch. I'm not doing that shit. Um, but yeah, so that was a very interesting time. We actually did, like I said earlier, we did end up getting caught um, <laughs> because we weren't exactly hiding it. You know what I mean? Like when we finally had my friends go into my two friends at the time uh, who we were with in this group, it was probably like five or six of us and two of them were older than us and had their face and shit. So we had them go in and get um, the weed and, you know, uh, I had enough money to get myself an eighth and some edibles. So I probably spent $55, $60 on weed, knowing knowing Colorado prices. Even though we were kind of out in the middle, like a smaller town, they only had like two or three uh, dispensaries, which if you know Colorado, especially now, that's not that much, you know, for like a decently sized town. Um, so... We would, you know, we'd all go out as a group at night you know, when we're supposed to be going to bed. And like we, they separated into boys and girls. And, you know, this group that I was with, we were smoking with was only guys. So the girls who were there were not really that part of Houston I grew up in. It was unbecoming, quote unquote, of women to be, you know, potheads or whatever it was. Who cares? A very conservative community kind of thing. Um So the boys would sleep downstairs because we slept on the, the kid, the like, you know, younger kids not younger kids, but the, not the adults slept outside, you know, like in a barn. So we were, you know, the girl, and it was a two story barns. The girls are upstairs all together and the guys are downstairs and we would all just kind of sneak out uh, while all the girls were like talking, going to sleep and shit. We would just all go to what was known as basically like the pea trees. And then I, I made sure that like it was basically on the, the spot where I was keeping everything and where, you know, uh, not coincidentally, but like it ended up like everyone was keeping their stuff out there. You know, I made sure it was like kind of on the path of going to the pea trees, but then like you took like a turn around these bushes where you could very quickly get into some brush that you wouldn't be able to be seen. And there was enough coverage where like there were a couple different angles you could stand at where you could see someone coming but they couldn't really see you. Um, and, and I also make sure to pick a spot where there's not a lot of dry leaves or dry sticks and stuff like that. So if you're going to step over there, they're not going to be like, that's an animal or that's a person. And then they're not going to investigate and then eventually come find it. You know what I mean? And also far enough to weigh to, you know, even though you're in an open area, smoke travels in all different ways with the wind and there's different, you know, current air currents and whatever. So I wanted to make sure it's far enough away that no one can smell it. So we would all go out there and start um, start smoking and then come back and reek of fucking weed and all just be like, because, <laughs> you know, we're all young potheads still. So we're like, we're everything's funny, all this shit. And then we would drive because, you know, it's it's a nice church, but they can't fly everyone, everyone out on these trips. And part of the trip is the road trip back and the road trip there and the journey of doing that, whatever, and whatever morals or lessons they decide to put in there for that. Um, 
you know, I get it. It's an easy way to basically like, you know, shoehorn in a couple of like sessions or, you know, um, sermons or whatever it is. But, uh, it, on the way back on the bus, we would like take an edible each and, yeah, edibles wasn't really a thing for us smoking was so when edibles hit and you're not used to them they hit way different they hit hard as fuck especially when they're like 20 to 30 milligrams each so we'd be on the fucking bus with these adults and these like younger kids and we'd be like high as fuck talking playing card games laughing telling jokes we're laughing hard as fuck like definitely did not have any eye drops if we did we probably wasn't enough our eyes were definitely red and then on the way back and on the way there, you know, there's a middle trip because it's over 24 hours to get there, basically, in, in the sense where, like, you know, you're driving for like 13 hours and the driver has to take a break and no one else wants to drink. That was nighttime. So we stop at a church along the way that we're like neither affiliated with or some kind of like friend. Maybe you call ahead and be like, hey, we're a church. Can we use your space just for this one night? It's not going to be a Sunday or when, a night when you're going to have events or anything like that. So we're staying at this church. And... um we would like sneak out outside to like the playground and just smoke. We snuck out and like smoked a fuck ton of weed because we were like, damn, like if we get back, we need to make sure some of the kids in that group were like, I can't have anything on me. So I need you guys to like take this or or we got to get rid of it. And they're like, if I bought it, we can smoke the rest of it. I don't care. I I just can't have it. Um, So we were going through a bunch that night and we, you know, come back in and the church has, you know, there's a bunch of rooms. So we would like go off and they had a, they had like a playroom kind of thing. And one of the thing, you know, we're fucking around with a ping pong table and these beanbag chairs. And we're like laughing and being loud as shit till like one 30 in the morning, man. Like thankfully it's far enough away from the gym where everyone was sleeping that like, you know, they, they, um, they couldn't hear us, but what fucked us, I think in the end, and what got us ultimately, like, that they were like, okay, these guys are doing something, was that, one, our bags were in the same room that everyone was sleeping in, so they could probably smell loud-ass weed that we couldn't smell because we were com- accustomed to it because it's on us. They could probably smell all that shit in our bags and, sh- and whatever. And and also, when we're coming back into the gym to go to sleep, it's, you know, it's like almost 1.30 in the morning. The doors are, of course, these push doors with, like, the big guys, like, chunk, like fucking uh what's it called like the lock kind of lock where like you know you put a fucking log across the like two beams that hold it and you're like jesus man so fucking like like a um deadbolt like big ass deadbolt kind of thing so it's like shakung shakung as you're opening and closing it like fuck it was loud as shit someone was like huh and we just like all like ducked like we like dipped on the ground and we're like kind of basically crawling back because there's tables around us because we could, we didn't want to move anything and like you know, have everything out of whack and then try to like, what are we gonna do? Take pictures and move all the tables and move all the tables and chairs back. And you're not gonna do that with kids, especially when you're stopping at like eight or nine p.m. and they're all tired and you know whatever. So um, so yeah, that was uh, we ended up getting caught and the youth leader like called all of us. <laughs> it was like once we dro- got dropped off, we're all in like the car back. And I'm like, I think I left my car there for like a couple of days or maybe my parents picked me up or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and we're on the way back and I we all get like a group message from our youth group leader who's like the leader of the entire youth group like thing at this church. And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, guys, like we know, we know what happened. We know you guys had, had you know, 
weed. We know you guys were smoking, taking edibles, all that type of shit. Um, and at first we're like, damn. We and then immediately I made a group chat and I was like, yo, we're fucked. We got to get our stories straight on this. Like, if they know, we can technically confess without saying exactly what happened. You know, we can be like, oh, this we we already had it. We didn't go buy it, so that way they're not like, you were you know you bought weed while we were there like we're liable for you doing that and like if what if you got caught with your fakes like what if they call the police now we're liable for you we're responsible for it's like so i totally get it you know what i mean at the time even at even at the time i was like yeah that makes sense why you would be pissed that's why we didn't want to i mean that's why you hide things you know that you're not supposed to do it you know there's consequences but you still want to get high and have fun you know it's it's a double-edged sword kind of thing i get it like he had a reason to be mad and be disappointed i totally get it i'm not you know, shitting on him for that. Uh, it was just funny that, you know, as soon as we leave, like 20, 30 minutes afterwards, he's like, yeah, let's let's meet tomorrow, guys. We're going to talk. We're like, fuck. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we, uh, so we meet at this taco place, of course, and he's doing, we meet at a taco place because we have great food out there with like Mexican food and Tex-Mex shit. Um, <clears throat> we meet at this taco place and you know, we all show up, we all get food and we're sitting with him and we're all talking like small talk. And you can tell, you know, me and the guys in the group are all like, all right, when is he going to do this? And at one point he just like stops talking, like looks at all of us. And he's just like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not mad. I get it. Uh, I am really disappointed. You know, I, I am, I am upset, but I'm not like angry about it. You know, it just hurts that you guys would do that. You know, we're trying to take you on this nice trip. And, you know, let you get away from everything, let you get away from all that kind of stuff for a little bit to clear your mind and all this stuff and get closer to God and, and, and to each other. Because we know that, you know, it's real different when you go in and out of high school. You know, when you go in freshman year, you're like, I got to make friends. I got to do this, this, this. And four years after, relative to the life that you know, and I don't think he said all this, but this is kind of what I got of it. But like relative to what you know, things change a lot. People change during high school whether for better or for worse people change and it was you know whatever blah 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 he <clears throat> basically came down he was like i'm not going to tell your parents but i i am hoping that you all have the integrity as men to tell them yourself and come clean and you know atone for this with your parents in your own way because i'm not going to tell you to talk to your parents so we're like okay cool thanks that is a huge relief because <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're not going to fucking tell our parents, you know? So we leave this thing. We're like, all right, man, like, thanks. He's like, I, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming in and, and you know, admitting to it and being men having integrity and all that shit. We're like, yeah, man, no worries. And then as soon as we all get in our cars, not even two minutes goes by. And someone in the group message is like, yeah, I'm obviously not going to tell my parents. We're like, yeah, of course not. I didn't even know we had to say that. Like, obviously, I'm not going to fucking tell them. <laughs> so I ended up telling my parents like years later. I think it was like two or three years ago at this point I told them. And, you know, my parents knowing me, I, I was a huge pothead and, um, you know, smoke and a stoner in, in high school. During before, during and after school type shit. Like <clears throat> my lunch break was my smoke break, you know. I would, I would cut a swisher in half and then I'd make like mini blunts so I could just like go in, me and one other person, chief down half of a blunt and we're good. 
You know what I mean? And you don't even get the full thing technically because, you know, it's skinnier on both ends because you got to light it and have some room so it doesn't immediately start canoeing. And also, you know, I'm in high school rolling blunts. I'm not going to be crazy good at it. And if you were crazy good at it, it was like, you have a problem, bro. You obviously have an issue with weed and substances. So maybe deal with that, right? Um, which people could have said that to me and they would have been totally right because here I am now, 25, very much recognizing and open about the fact that I do have a substance abuse issue. And that's why we work on it, guys. We are working on it. So, yeah. But um, but my parents ended up, when I told them, they were like, yeah, that makes sense. That's who you are. And I was like, yeah. Because I was like, even in high school, it was one of those things of like, guys, if I'm going to, I'm not drinking all the time, not partying, I'm not doing blow, I'm not smoking cigarettes. I was smoking cigarettes, but I didn't tell them at the time. Um, you know, I'm fine. I'm not going crazy. Even though I was going a little crazy trying to get weed every fucking day, jumping fences to get into these apartment complexes, like projects, so I could meet up with a 40-year-old who was selling me weed. One time I, I like babysat and dog sat for my fucking drug dealer while he went out and got some blunt powder. He had to go get something. He was like, dude, I got to run real quick. Like, I got to get this for my kid. Can you just watch her real quick for me make sure she's good? I was there for like 25 minutes. Now, granted, cute kid, very nice. Like, he was like a, a toddler, so he didn't do anything. He just kind of sat there and looked at me like a weirdo, um, which is like, of course, you look around with white ass eyes. Like, you're fucking... All you see is this random people coming in and out all the time. Your dad is like, has a bunch of plants around. It smells weird all the time. You know what I mean? Like, but he also had really cute dogs. Uh, these two little, uh, I, I think one of them was a pit bull and another one was not, uh, what is it called? I think it starts with an S. Um, Staffy. I think they're called like Staffords, something like that. Um, it's like a pit bull, but like mini. Like they kind of like took the light. They dachshund. They gave him a, a pit bull, the dachshund treatment. And that's how you get a staffy, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely going crazy. I was doing dumb shit. Like I was meeting up with full on adults as like a 16 year old, 17 year old. And I was like brash as fuck. <laughs> there was a point where I sold for a little bit. Like I was like, I, you know, I only flipped like a couple ounces and it was just so I could smoke for free when I was like really heavy my junior year. Uh, but that's also when I started therapy and got on meds, learned about my like, you know, almost like severe ADD that I have. Um, but yeah, so damn, 46 minutes. Let's go. We're crushing it. All right, y'all. I'm going to end it here then. Uh, that was really good. That kind of flew by. Damn. Uh, thanks so much for watching. I hope you got some work done while you're listening or doing whatever you're doing. If you're driving around, you're doing whatever. Uh, I am still thinking about doing the Patreon where I want to do video content, reacts to, you know, different videos. I want to do like a TikTok uh, kind of like curation that I do, kind of like your mom's house a little bit. But, you know, it's we, me and uh, and uh, Christina P. Uh, Pajitsky on your mom's house and also the stand-up comedian who's phenomenal. Uh, check her out in your mom's house. If you don't know what that is, Tom Segura and his wife, Christina P. Um, or I should say Christina P. and her husband, Tom Segura. Anyways, uh, I want to do a bunch of different video content. I also want to, you know, actually have video stuff. Maybe go live a couple of times on like, you know, not Instagram, but something like that. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. But, um, but yeah, so having a lot of fun with that. We're going to see. I'm going to make it cheap. It'll be like $1 or $2 to just get everything. Because I, you know, I, I don't, I know that this podcast is not going to make me a fuck ton of money. So I'm not going to go crazy with it. You know what I mean? Like this is really just for me. 
to get stuff out there. And if it if it goes well, if it gets big, it gets big. But I'm not gonna like you know look for a network to pick me up. I'm just gonna keep making this under Bay One because it's my production company and I can do what I want. So get off my fucking back. And I'm ending this episode. So thank you so much for listening. God, you always do this. All right, guys, have a good one. Bye.